Civil danger warning. A disaster of unknown type has occurred. Normal programming has been suspended. Gary. Gary, have you checked the cages? This is not a test. Okay, let's get going. This is Free Yorkshire Radio. Hello and welcome to Free Yorkshire Radio. Gary has captured a few hamster-like creatures and got them pedalling on our generator. They sure are cute. What did you say they were called again? Tribbles. Well, Gary, you solved our power problem and possibly found the solution to what I'm going to get my kids for their birthdays. So cuddly. Okay, we should now have enough power for our show. My name, of course, is Lloyd Becklesnip, and I'll be bringing you all the latest government-approved news and stories from the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire, the mightiest of the many new nation-states that, several decades ago, emerged from the troubled era that was early 21st century Britain. Now, as we all know, this week saw the opening of the Skelmanthorpe International Nettle Wine Festival, a jamboree celebrating the liquid form of Yorkshire's hardiest and most versatile plant. I went along to join in the fun and to see if I could pick up any tips about the tipples. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. And here I am at the Skelmanthorpe Town Hall for the International nettle wine and other drinks festival it's a bustling site there's people coming to and fro quite a few of them stagger in a little bit already it's only 11 in the morning but it's yorkshire so we're getting a drink on basically and i'm um, coming up to the head table where we've got two of yorkshire's finest sommeliers of course our old friend annette de toilette she's been on the program various times giving us lots of wine advice and tips and suggestions and we've got the new kid in town uh, mr pete parsley one of the most recently graduated sommeliers but he's already making waves in the nettle wine scene i can tell you annette welcome to the show lloyd darling so good to see you once again how have you been I've been well. Thank you for the recent crate of the red nettle wine. It's uh, earthy, so it was. I simply had to share it. So as soon as it came into season, I needed to snap it up for myself. And I may have bought a few too many, perhaps a little bit on purpose to share around the neighborhood. And of course, we know it is the toughest of the nettles. So when it is foot squished by the peasants of our land, they do lose quite a bit of blood. But it just adds to the taste. They do. The prickled rouge grows from deep under the earth. They have a bit more of a potatoey skin kind of aroma. But yes, it does take quite a bit of the pulping, darling, to get the juices out of the system. Unfortunate about the extra, um, how would you describe it? The, the hook, the hook type of pricks. Yes, well, my particular one wasn't strained, so it did catch a little bit going down. But there's no pleasure without a little bit of pain i think as we all know in yorkshire and as our other guest mr pete parsley is well aware he knows all about suffering for his art don't you yeah yeah i've not been in this game long but i've already lost four fingers to us how did you lose four fingers by tasting wine bottles Mm-hmm. i've heard that if you think something's not up to scratch you will just smash the bottle and cut one of your own fingers off and disgust that's your message to the vineyards of yorkshire you literally give them the finger i give them the finger that's right i smash the bottle so that i've only got the neck of it left and i shove my finger in there and then i wrap it up in nettles of course 
Of course. My own hand-grown nettles, and then I pass it back to them, and I don't say a word. Yes, yes. Well, you say your own hand-grown nettles. They're going to be your own stump-grown nettles if you keep going at this rate. You'll have to change the branding. We're very excited to welcome you both to this illustrious festival. Have you got any tips for us? What are the hot favourites? What are the new wines this year? What's getting you excited? What's wetting your palate? Oh, well, we have had some international entrants this year. Mm-hmm. This one, for example, from Italy. We all know that place has completely flooded, unfortunately. Hosepipe ban still in effect. Mm-hmm. This nettle has crossbred itself with seaweed, so they can still grow it there. Ah. It's very wet. It's not got that dry flavour. Not for those looking for their sweet tooth, is it, Peter? It's a very different flavour. Yes. The Italians are always doing stuff like that. We've got a perfectly good recipe. They've changed it. I imagine it must be pretty salty. I mean, you can't really drink more than two or three glasses or else you start to hallucinate and vomit. But those first two or three glasses are pretty tasty. Now, I'm not going to say that I didn't drink most of the bottle, but by the second half of the bottle, it was it was starting to get to me. Hot flushes and saltine and salt crystals were forming upon the brow. Mm. I don't trust this. Indeed. I tried to be rather sparing myself, but it is a potent thing, not unlike the old green fairy herself. After you have a bit too much, maybe on the third cup, you do tend to get al dente, the bite, which is, of course, what they call lockjaw Mm -hmm. in the Italy's, and also the bends, which is why we have a bed set up nearby for people to lie down and just sit through the uh, unfortunate little bit of aftertaste. They recommend that you actually drink it in a decompression chamber over the course of several hours. There's more to this job than I realised. I thought it was all just sipping little nibbles of wine and having a little bit of cheese to wash it down. No, it's not a pansy's job, uh, Lloyd. This is hard stuff. This is hard stuff. I mean, I've heard a bit about the training to be a nettle wine sommelier. I mean, it's quite hardcore as well there's the drinking the battery acid to get your throat ready for the delights of nettle wine because it's kind of like running with weights you know after battery acid then nettle wine tastes it's like water spring water what else is involved in the sommelier training it's all about the mental preparation there's a hump with every bottle there's a wall that is akin to a marathon some bottles that's a glass in some bottles that's a sip Some, some, some you don't hit until right at the end. But there's a wall, and often a brick. They like to leave little bricks, red brick or sandstone, if it's good Yorkshire. So every bottle is a battle, Annette. Oh, absolutely, darling. I mean, really, we're trying to not only bring people some joy and some wonderful flavours of the season, but spare them from things that they were not prepared for, wines that were not meant for the uninitiated. If we weren't here doing this, can you imagine? Can you imagine the carnage on our streets? The mayhem. I know how much wine is drunk upon these streets. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't know what wine they were drinking. Mm. Let's not even get into the damage of the urethra. Oh, I'd rather not. You know, that's one of the costs of becoming a sommelier is basically you don't urinate anymore. You just leak into a sponge in your pants. I tried a catheter for a few years, but it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. The sponge is the last one. 
that of course was a, a massive patented by my co-host Annette. Oh right, so you actually came up with that system, Annette. Back in my early days, darling, I, I did have a shopping trolley from what was a sponsor at the time that I carried the catheters around in, but I, it just takes a while to get around the fields. There's so much going on. So yes, the sponge we found is one of the things that's actually more plentiful after certain areas did succumb to flooding. So yes, the sponge is much more simplistic. Go into a bush, give it a good old squeeze, ring out. Reclaim what you can. Mm, oh, indeed, indeed. You know, if you heat it properly, you can recover a good 70-80% of your urine. Oh, yes. Although the remainder I do tend to water my petunias with. Okay. And the rest we sell to whales. They seem to love it. Keeps the economy going. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. What an exciting feature that was. And we'll be back to hear more from this Skelmanthorpe Nettle Wine Festival later in the programme. But first, as we all know, Stygat, the brutal sport that is Yorkshire's favourite pastime, is in the middle of their latest World Cup tournament. This one has been held in Qatar, the wealthy autonomous fiefdom that exists in the lake in the crater of Yorkshire's only dormant volcano. I was helicoptered in especially to catch some cup fever before tonight's semi-final between Yorkshire and Lancashire. And so I'm delighted to say that I've been specially helicoptered out to the lake in question in Qatar, where this year's Stygat World Cup is taking place. And I have with me the man responsible for this tournament, Mr. Cathcart Beldingham. And also we have Yorkshire's very own Kava Akuma, our leading scorer, and hopefully she'll be leading the team to victory in tonight's semi-final. Very exciting to have you both on the show. Welcome. All right. Bye. Yeah. So you look like you're getting in the zone there, Carver. Are you getting hyped up for tonight's fixture? It's going to be a grudge match, Yorkshire versus Lancashire. Yeah. I'm just ready. We've been really working hard on our defence because obviously a best defence is a good offence and we're really offensive. You say about being offensive, I mean, the decision has been made to not let any children into tonight's games because although we are all steeped in the tradition of the brutality of Stygat, the tactics that the Yorkshire team have been employing have been deemed so extreme. An 18 rating has been slapped on all your future fixtures. How do you feel about that decision? Honestly, I think it's a crime. I think it's a crime because obviously we're trying to inspire the next generation. But, you know, if they say we're too violent and have dirty tactics and all that sort of thing, then, well, that's just that. I mean, have they seen the other team? Have they seen Lancashire? My God, their black puddings, those are despicable. I think it's just a crying shame. They're not letting kids in. Crying shame. It is an outrage. And Cathcart, as organiser of the whole tournament, does this affect your revenue streams? Obviously, you've put up a lot of money to put on this tournament. Wasn't sure that it was even going to take place this year until you stepped it in the last minute with a generous donation on the proviso that the tournament took place in the water-filled crater of a dormant volcano. You know what, Lloyd? Call it what it is, OK? It's a soggy caldera. Now, I don't know what Stuttgart is, but do you go and watch a play because you want to hear the story? No, if you wanted that, you'd watch a movie. You go to be seen. And the best place to be seen is in a caldera. I mean, well, you say be seen, but obviously the event is taking place underwater. Well, obviously, yeah, yeah. 
So all the spectators then have to get scuba gear just to watch the match. And obviously you do run one of the nation's premium scuba gear hire company as well. Beldingham International is a really adaptive, opportunistic company, okay? We see a chance to provide someone with an experience, they will experience that. And you know what? I've been called a capitalist, and it's right, I am a capitalist. I know where the money comes from. It comes from the people I make it from. He makes a strong case, Kava. How have you found adapting the game to playing underwater? New challenges, that's what we want, and that's what we've got this season. What I will say, though, the new element of being underwater and having the spectators underwater has created something that we have not really accounted for in our practices, which is tackling or taking down spectators. But, you know, that's all part of the game. That's what you pay for. You want to be in the action. Then you are the action. It it is what it is. I'm really glad you brought that up, Carver, because actually that was one of the things that I wanted to bring to Stuttgart is that actually, as well as a fully immersive experience, it's a fully submersive experience. You are underwater. You've got players on top of you. You've got players in front of you. You're being played all the time. Yes, you talk about interacting with the audiences. We all know how brutal a game Steiger is. And once the blood gets in the water, we talk about the red mist descending in a classic game of Steiger, but this is a literal red mist. And once, well, you yourself, once you go into a scoring frenzy, the bats are twirling, you're not really in control of your body and you can't tell where the pitch ends and where the crowd begins. You have ploughed into a few crowds and we initially thought this was going to dampen the crowd numbers, but people seem to be thrilled by the prospect of getting involved in the game and there has been unprecedented demand for tickets. It's a part of being history, you know. I was there on the pitch and then I lost several limbs and it was worth it. And yeah, I just feel like the more people come in, the more everyone gets out of it. I'm glad you've had that experience because one of the problems we have had is that being a stagnant caldera full of water, it has got quite murky, especially with the vast amounts of blood that have been generated. People say they've got visibility of no further than three inches in front of their face. And also with the rumours of the creature that dwells within the Qatar Lake, some teams have been mysteriously missing a couple of players by the final whistle. Have you any comment on this, Cathcart? I'm getting up to my eyes in these comments about a creature or a monster. There has nothing been ever documented. We don't have an ancient Peleosaur going round through the water. That's not been proved. We've not got a Loch Ness monster. We've not got a giant squid. It's not Anne Widdicombe in a snorkel, okay? We don't have these kind of threats. I think it's completely made up. What we're actually doing is people trying to get the insurance money that these players get. You lose a leg and then you just sit out the next season because there's an insurance policy on you. And frankly, it's lazy game playing. Kava, I mean, how do you respond to this accusation that your teammates are making up a creature in order to game the system? Have you seen any evidence of the creature? I have to be honest, I haven't seen the creature. Again, as Mr. Kafkar has been saying, the visibility is poor at times, so I've not seen anything. But I will admit, I suspect these rumours come from a Lancastrian base. That's all I'm saying here. Look at their press, look at what they're saying. I think it all comes from them. So we think it's a Lancastrian plot to put us out of our stride before tonight's fixture. Maybe they even placed a baby plesiosaur there decades ago in anticipation of this very event. I wouldn't put it past them. They're that crafty. Yeah, they are. So, uh, Cathcart, have you any processes in place in order to ensure that tonight's fixture will be plesiosaur-free? 
maybe dropping a few depth charges before the game to clear the area. Well, I mean, you've got to do the depth charges. And, you know, you don't want them to go off and then to come back. So what we actually do is drop them in the middle of the warm-up. So whilst the team's doing their stretches, we drop a couple of depth charges. And then sometimes just a toaster. You know, there's that old saying, don't drop a toaster in the bathtub or you'll die. Well, we actually have quite a large toaster, which we lower in quite slowly with ominous music playing, primarily to warn any life that death is approaching. And then we pop it in and switch it on and we give it sort of five minutes or so. And it's great because Nike sponsored that toaster. It's the only Nike sponsorship for a toaster in the world. And we've got it. The fact is, it's all part of the theatre of the game, you know. You're stood in your Belding and branded snorkel gear and everyone's there chanting, going, bring in the toaster, bring in the toaster, bring in the toaster. You know, the kids are doing the wave and people are eating bits of commemorative toast. And then you watch a big switch get switched on and usually we get the guest of honour for the evening. So tomorrow we've got Princess Margaret. Yeah. We dug her up and gave her a job. Yeah. She was reanimated. We have the technology. It's the same puppetry people who did Life of Pi. Anyway, we've got puppet Princess Margaret comes along, switches on the toaster, everyone cheers, lightning crackles across the surface. You get a few little corpses bob up from people who maybe weren't warming up, but let me tell you, after several thousand volts of electricity going through a caldera, you're pretty warm after that. Yes, if you're a part of the crowd tonight, make sure you earth your wetsuit. It's very, very important. The only thing I wanted to say is that one thing I look forward to in every tournament is the halftime show. And Kafka, you put on so many incredible shows, you know, showcasing the new men's suits, the new women's suits, the children's suits, just every kind of suit you can think of. That's the thing I look forward to. I've got some previews. We've got the world's first double-breasted scuba suit. Gives you a wider look. So if you're being mugged by an octopus, you look a bit hencher. And what is the latest fashion in scuba gear? Because I know the pinstripes were big last year. I mean, it's a good question because, of course, you're scuba diving, you're underwater, you've got limited visibility. So what we've actually gone for is sort of a day-glow orange with... If you imagine purple had a nightmare and woke up vomiting, it's kind of that colour. Well, with the added benefit that if this plesiosaur, which we're pretty sure doesn't exist, but if it is there, they will assume that you're poisonous. I'm worried you're focusing too much on this plesiosaur. There is no evidence of a plesiosaur. We have combed the lake at least once, and I really do want to get you off this idea. I know there's the lowering of the toaster. I mean, we're by the lake as we speak, so we can see the toaster ready to be lowered down. You can see the animated Princess Margaret. They're putting her through her twerking moves. It's all very impressive looking. There, oh, there, there does seem to be some sort of shape under the water. Can you both see that? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my God. I, I, I think we could... It's coming this way a little bit. Look, I Can you I, see that, <laughs> Carver? Oh my god. This is probably one of the uh one of the players from one of the minor leagues. No, it's that's bigger than any player I've ever seen. Oh my god. Those Lancastrians were right. Look, I think we can end this interview here. Uh, we don't need to describe this reptile. Oh, you, so you admit it's a reptile. It's I, a reptile. By re reptile is an anagram for really expressive, perhaps totally innocuous life. Hey! No, it's burst out of the water and uh, it's got Cathar by the leg. Ah! It's got Cather as well. Help! It's got the pair Help! of them. He's been dragged towards the water. You do not need to worry about this, okay? Let me this go. is part of this is a warm up for a halftime show. Let go, okay? 
Even as Cascar has been dragged under the water, he's denying the existence of the creature that is dragging him to his doom. And that's all we've got time for. Thank you. Yo, what's up? You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. What a fascinating item. And despite losing their top scorer, we're wishing Yorkshire all the best in tonight's semi-final against Lancashire. Hope they've got enough depth charges left for this fixture. Gary, is it my imagination, or are there more troubles than we started with? Oh well, now it's time to return to the Skelmanthorpe Nettle Wine Festival to find out which drinks are in the running for this year's grand prize. And so what else is vying for the grand prize? I've heard the Scottish Thistle Wine is turning a few heads. We've had Thistle Wine. They've been thistling for years. They've got metals in Scotland. I'm just hanging. I don't understand. You're a pure nettle man. You're not in for these blended wines that use thistles and rose bushes. You know, some people say if it's got a thorn on it, you can get a drink out of it. You know, I don't even just kind of squashed hedgehog and stuff. I've no problem with the wine itself. I've, I've, no, I've, no, I've no problem. It's just, I, I don't think it, it belongs here in a nettle wine festival. I'm not trained in that. I don't know it. I'm, I'm sick and tired of being asked about it. It's not... It's not my speciality. It's not my passion, and I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. Mm. The thistle wines can indeed have a nice fragrance to them, and the bottle capped with a golf ball is a, it's a wonderful little visual to thing. However, if it's not been strained fully, you can get the thistle seeds, and then they do tend to incubate. We have had a rash of cases filling up our local hospitals. The information you're dispensing is priceless because you're acting basically like a buffer zone in the war between badly brewed alcohol and the hard-drinking patrons of Yorkshire. You are the first line of defence. I consider Annette a general, higher than any any on the front lines. And no disrespect to those fighting, but... Annette has saved many more than any medical tent has ever done. Oh, Mr. Parsley, you do flatter me. Although I do want to also give my regards to those in the front lines, the men, the women, the genderless, the less human, and of course the corgi battalions that have just joined in the fight. All wonderful, doing a wonderful job. Obviously, when you taste the wine here, the spittoons that all your effluent collected at the end of the day goes straight to our lads and lassies and everyone at the front lines. This is how much we appreciate them. Waste not, what not, and it gives that personal touch. It's a good few gallons as well. Mm. No, it definitely accumulates over the day. Well, okay, let's start focus on the new blended wines. What's new in the world of Yorkshire pure nettle wine? I have personally enjoyed a classic brought back from Brompton Valley. It's previously proven a little strong, mm-hmm. but they do now have a chaser with it, a liquefied dock leaf to take the edge off. It feels like you have licked the sun for a brief moment on a crisp summer fate day, and then you bring it back down with that medicinal taste of dock leaf. It is a journey. Ah, it's a full multi-sensory experience that I enjoyed very much, yes, yes. I couldn't have said it better myself. Personally, for me, Rainwright and Sons, they've led Nestle Wine at the forefront for years. They're commonplace in any corner shop, but it's their new batch. They're unfiltered, natural, 
you can actually feel it growing in your stomach. Wow. Yeah. That's a new taste sensation. The idea is even the littlest bit, it fills you up. So it continues to ferment inside you after you've drunk it. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's, it's a living organism. You become part of the nettle wine and it eventually... Fuse with it. We do, yeah. Wow. So you're becoming one with the wine. This is the wine to basically end all other wines. Once you've had this, that's it. Also, it is slightly toxic. But presumably the living wine creature is immune to it. So the sooner you fuse with it, the less likely you are to actually die from drinking it. Yes, yes, yes. The more you drink, an immunity is developed. But if you drink so much, then do you not become more wine than human? And therefore, you know, if you lose a controlling interest in your own organism, that could be less than ideal. I, I can't think of a better thing than to become one with true Yorkshire metal wine. Mm-hmm. May we all aspire to such a splendour, such a delicious way to be. Although, do not drink it if you are pregnant. You will end up with twins, if not triplets. Always read the small print. Turned on, if it's not too much of an imposition, I've actually brewed a little bit of wine myself. Oh. Using some of the nettles that grow in my back garden. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind having a little sample of it and, and letting me know what you think of my Becklesnip brew. So I'll just crack open a bottle and pour you both a glass. Bottoms up. Hmm. Hmm. Annette, what did you make of that? The taste seems to shift as you sip through it. Sorry, Peter seems to be turning a funny shade of red there. Are you, are you okay, Mr. Parsley? What, what did you make of that? Oh, he smashed the bottle. And goes the finger... Oh no, he's, yeah, no, he's dying to that. Okay, I will hang my head in shame as I take Mr. Parsley's finger home with me. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this year's International Nettle Wine Festival. I've only got one hand now. One hand! It's all right, darling, we'll get you a bottle opening hook. This is Free Yorkshire Radio. What a fascinating item, and we wish Mr. Parsley a speedy recovery. Gary! Gary! I can't see him for tribbles. Still cuddly, though. But I'm beginning to regret giving them all those cabbage leaves for lunch. I guess that's the end of another show. Cheerio! And until next time, may all your brews be strong, may all your puddings be fettled. And may all your swamp mongrels be radiation-free. Tara. Communications have been severely disrupted. Make sure you have food, water, and a battery-powered radio with you. This is not a test. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Noel Curry, and this show featured Liam Kenrick as Pete Parsley, Harry-Anne Bentley as Annette de Toilette, Ben McPherson as Cathcart Beldingham, and Fiona Howitt as Kava Akuma. And you can find out more about these wonderful improvisers in the episode notes. You can follow this podcast on Facebook at Free York's Radio. We'll be back next month, but if you enjoyed this, then you know what to do. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. Thanks.